Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of y'all know I shared a couple of uh, weeks ago that I finally relented to go for a biopsy after a number of years that my doctor wanted me to do that, and uh, I'd waited a long time, but if I'd done it very much earlier, it probably would have been uh, not good because it could not have been located. But anyway, they discovered some cancer in my body, and uh, so immediately we came back home, and I began to get different people to pray for me. I called, of course, family members immediately, and we had public, um, I, I mean, not public, but we had prayer, and I called, of course, Brother Jerry, and we had prayer, and uh, I was going to have to go back for scans and so forth to see the nature of the situation, and we did that this week, and praise be unto God, they said, looked like it, well, it was, as far as they could tell, localized. Praise God. So we want to give the Lord a praise for that to start with. Amen. Praise and hallelujah. And uh, I feel fine. I don't have any bad feelings. And uh, and so, but now we do have to make a decision on uh, some things going forward as far as maybe some treatment. We believe the Lord is treating it. We believe the Lord is touching it. But we have to also decide if we're going to join along with physicians, uh, conventional or natural or whatever the case may be, to cooperate with the Lord's treatment of this situation. So I just wanted to give you that little, um, you know, sort of summation of where we are right now. And I have to do that within about two weeks. So I know, as I said, the first Sunday I stood up, there was three or four things, about four things I'd like for you to include in your prayers if you think about them. One was divine guidance, and that has been manifested here from the very beginning that I heard this news. I'll share something, some things in just a moment about that. Divine guidance, number two, is fearless courage, our faith-filled courage. And, you know, number three is covenant authority, that those three things that I will stand in, those three things, divine guidance, faith-filled courage, and covenant authority, and then that there will be released healing virtue. So I just want you to sort of incorporate, incorporate some of those in. Now, I'll just say a quick word about some of the things that's happened uh, before I read some scriptures. I know I'm not going to have much time. Yeah, I can't even see this time deal. I guess I have no time limit today. I guess I can preach till noon. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But that song that I asked Brother Stephen to sing in the service and the other service would be singing, that is our, mine and Della's, that is my theme song for this situation that I'll be walking through. Uh, the way that happened was that when I started calling people uh, here from the church that were sick after I got this news, I started calling them, and when I would call them about their sickness to pray for them and talk to them, I asked them if they would pray for me right there on the phone. Almost every one of them I asked if they would pray for me. Felt led to do that, and all of them so sweetly and wonderfully prayed with and for me. I came up here one day, and Sister Takeda was up here, and she was putting her offering in the offering box, and I started to walk in, and I said, hey, Sister, you want to say a prayer for me? 
So I got her to say a prayer for me right there on the spot. And I went on in and got home a little later, and she sent me a text. She said, after I went home, I was standing at my sink, and the Lord started having me sing this song over you, and she sent it to me on YouTube. That was a miracle song. So that was the song that we sang, I believe that you're my healer, amen? And uh, so I've adopted that as my theme song for the journey through this situation. In those prayers, Della prayed right off with me, and the word God gave her was, don't panic, don't panic. And of course, I knew that, and I have not panicked, and I have been in no fear, no dread, no worry. My life is in God's hands. I'm not worried about it. I do not believe this is the way that God wants to choose for me to leave the world. However, I, I have a definition of long life. In defining that in Psalm 91, it says, With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So I have to give this definition for people that might be too worried. I believe when you hit age 70, you have made the long life territory. And I believe that God wants to give us longer years than that. I do not believe this is the way that God wants me to leave the world at this time. But I already have experienced the long life. I'm in the long life category. And the Lord said he would satisfy us. And how many times through those 75 years has God satisfied me? I have lived with battles, of course, like everyone. But I have had a satisfied life. I'm a satisfied man. I have a wonderful wife, a wonderful family, a wonderful church, a wonderful legacy and history of being able to work in God's service for all of these years. Amen. Hallelujah. So I've already had a long life. So, but the word was don't panic. And there is not fear or worry or anxiety in my life over this. God is much greater than anything I'm facing. He's already made his promises to me, so it's not something that I'm worried about. So I've had all these people pray for me publicly. I was at Max just a, a week or so ago. I came out. I gave a little donation to some teen challenge men that were there. I came out. I, got to, I was about to go in my car. And the Lord said, go back and have those teen challenge men pray for you. And so I started, you know, get in my car and I'll not. But the Lord said, no. So I went back and those teen challenge guys had a wonderful prayer for me right there on the parking lot. Hallelujah. Glory to be, God, be to God. And so I want to tell you the right after I got the news. Boy, I'm not going to get far on this. I got a... Uh, Brother Jerry, somebody tell me when it's about time. When my time runs out, I'll keep my phone up here. Praise the Lord. And so right after it happened, I went to our son-in-law's church on uh, Wednesday night. Don't know if I can find these scriptures, scriptures this morning or not. But anyway, I don't usually open my Bible and just wherever it falls to. But on this particular night, I just my Bible fell open. And immediately I saw this verse. So what I'm speaking on this morning is not just for me, but for you. It's out of my hands in God's hands. And I want to tell you, God's been dealing with me this about several weeks, or several months, not several weeks, what it means to get something in God's hand, what it means to get it out of your hand. Many times people are saying, well, I'm trusting God. I'm believing God. I, I trust him. And they're even speaking the words. But yet there's a mixture of anxiety, worry, fear, and dread in their life. 
And I want you to know when you have worry, anxiety, fear, and dread over any situation, it's not yet out of your hands in God's hands. When you get it out of your hands into God's hands, you don't have to deal with worry, anxiety, fear, and dread because you've got it in somebody else's hands that's big enough to take care of it. And you're his child and he's going to take care of it. So hallelujah to God. You've got to learn how to get it out of your hands. It can't be just part of it. That's not to say you won't have any directed responsibility from God. But you have got to learn to say every time it comes up, I won't accept it in my hand. I am not the responsible person to take control and take care of this situation. I will, not, I will only let God guide me as to what he wants me to do while it is in his hands. Amen. I'm not the one responsible. I'm not the champion warrior. I'm going to read you some scriptures in a minute. But this verse says in, in Deuteronomy 33, Two and three, and he said, The Lord came from Sinai. He rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came with ten thousands of saints. From his right hand went a fiery law for them. Yea, he loved the people. All his saints are in thy hand, and they sat down at thy feet. Everyone shall receive of thy words. So we sit at his feet. We're in his hands. We receive his guidance, that guidance that the Lord has for us. I came home. I came home a, a few, uh, just a day or two later. My Bible fell open again. My Bible fell open to Isaiah chapter 49. And... Uh, Again, I'm not one that has never been much for your Bible falling open. But as I look down in Isaiah 49, I believe, let's see, the first verse I saw was verse 16. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls, that's walls of protection, walls of salvation. The Lord said thy walls are continually before me. He said, I've graven you. And I got to think about that. That's just not the name. And Stephen looked it up. He's here somewhere. Y'all are here. He looked it up in the Amplified, I believe it was. It said, I have graven a picture of thee upon the palms of my hand. I've graven a picture of you. It's like your phone. You've got these hundreds of photos in your phone. At any moment, you can look at one of them. But God is greater. God instantaneously can look and does look at you. He's got all of them uh, engraved, uh, whatever all that means upon the palms of his hands. Glory be to God. And there's another verse a little earlier up there in that chapter also that as we were looking at it, Stephen found the other day. Uh, don't, I don't remember how far up it was, but it mentions the words hands as well. If you go back up a little further in that chapter, you'll find the word hands. So I want to read a few other scriptures to you. Isaiah 41. I came to church that next Sunday, the first Real word I got from someone here at the church. I started to walk in. I believe it's Sister, uh, is it Sarah? Sister Sarah Brown? Sister Sarah Brown, she said, I have a word when you visited me in the hospital all that time. She said, this is the word I held on to. Uh, Isaiah 41, verse 10. It says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. That's a command. God didn't just suggest we don't fear. God commanded us not to fear. Can you live in this command? Can you live in this situation when you're up against the, the wall? Can you live against it? God commanded us over and over to fear not. Fear is the opposite of faith. He said, fear not, I am with thee, be not dismayed. For I am your God, I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand. 
And so I got the first word. It had the word hand in it. The, the verse that God had me to open up to. He said, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And if you go on down in this chapter, he said, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be like nothing. And they shall strive, they that strive with thee shall perish. Hallelujah. They have no ultimate victory. They have no ultimate victory over us as children of God. He said, you will seek them and not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing uh, and as a thing of naught. Glory be to God. And so I received that word. I came on into service that day. I had two powerful words given to me in the service that morning by Sister Jackie Ovi and Sister Thelma. They were powerful words. Sister Jackie said, she said that I saw... A, a large alligator coming towards you with his mouth open. And she said, then I saw a big foot come out of heaven and stomp him in the middle and he broke half in two. Sister Thelma came to me after the service and said, this sickness is not unto death and it shall not rise up the second time. Well, I received those words. I received other words as well. All of these things have happened. All of these things have happened. And then in my own life, one night, as I woke up, which I do and pray a lot in the night, I had just had a dream not long after I went to bed. And I'm not much on, I don't have many dreams like this, but I saw myself standing in the an asphalt uh, highway or road or street, and a little bird came and landed. It was a little gray bird. And that little gray bird suddenly began to change from gray into blue until it completely changed into a beautiful royal blue. And somehow, right after that, the little bird left and I saw an angled word of block letters, big blocks, and it said, CURED, C-U-R-E-D. That was an unusual dream, so I accepted the dream and I take it, praise be unto God. Uh, the family came together and had family prayer for me. Three people called me that said that God had been waking them in the night to pray for me. Brother Jerry and Sister Lane said God had been waking them. And then Brother Larry, uh, Brother Larry Young is that Brother Larry's last name. He called me one day to talk with me that God had been waking him uh, in the night to pray, for, to pray for me. And I appreciate all those prayers. I have, it's my time. Okay, 929, right? 925. I appreciate all those prayers. Six churches at presently praying for me, and of course, greatly our home church here at Victory. Now I want to tell you just a few other things. I don't have time. Shortly after I got this diagnosis, I was walking in the house. Della was gone, and something hit my leg. That's before I got the skins, and they said it was localized. And I... Felt like I'd been shot with a bullet. I went to the floor immediately. I could not move my leg without hollering. It was so pain, such pain. But I forced myself up. I forced myself to begin to praise God. Drag my foot and slide my foot as I moved around holding on to things, praising the name of the Lord. I, at one point, Della got back and I said, well, I've got to go to the necessary room. But I said, I'm going to have to crawl some. 
So I got down on my knees and began to crawl and crawl part of the way. And then I was praising God and I got up. Praise be unto God. The next day that pain was gone. It was out of my body. I praise God. You praise him in the midst of the storm. You praise him in the difficulty. You don't praise the difficulty. You praise God in the midst of the difficulty. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then I came up here as I do on Tuesday to work last Tuesday and I started to walk in the office back there and the Lord said, you have to become more violent. You have to, Brother Jerry quoted this verse earlier. He said, you've got to become more violent. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is not, it doesn't suffer violence in heaven. There is no violence against the kingdom of God in heaven. It's totally finished. It's always permanent. There's no sickness. So it has to mean that we suffer that violence here as we more and more establish the kingdom of God. So I rose up and began to rage against this thing in my body. I began to stand and command it in the name of Jesus and take authority over it in the name of Jesus because the force, the enforcer of the taking the kingdom has to be greater and stronger than the forcer that's trying to bring the violence to stop the kingdom of God from activating in your life. He did not want, does not want this area to activate in my life. I know that I'm greater. I know through Jesus because it's out of my hands and it's in his hand. And so he, he gave me that. I want to tell you something right quick about cancer cells. Cancer cells seek to malign you. The word malign means an evil disposition toward others, tending to injure. Tending to injure. Cancer cells seek to be malignant cells. That is, they grow greatly. They, they, they're abnormality func misfunctioning cells in your body. They grow greatly and they seek to overtake your normal immune type cells to do great harm. One place the Lord said, if the people served and obeyed the Lord like they should in the Old Testament, I will not allow or put upon you any of these evil diseases. God called the diseases evil. And we know we'll, we all want to be in health because there's no diseases in heaven. And cancer cells are multiplying cells. They're malicious cells. Their intent and desire is to injure another. When de defined by law, it's a willfully, a willfully formed design to injure. They're metastatic cells. That is, they seek to transfer disease from one part of the body to the other. They're rogue, abnormal cells, ravaging cells, resistant cells that seek to rule you and overrule your normal cells. But we believe in a different kind of cell. Hallelujah. Let me see if I can let me see if I, I can get this definition up here on my phone. Well I had it up but let's see. Now give me just a minute here. I want to read this to you. If I can make it big enough here. I heard a, doc, I heard a doctor say this week, 
talking about T-cells uh, on, on the television. Well, I can't get it up. I'll just tell you uh, what it says. T-cells, all I heard him say was, the T-cells in your body are killer cells. They're the most powerful cells in your body. And there's different kinds of T-cells, some over your memory, but I believe the word is cytotoxic. That's, that's basically the word. Cytotoxic T-cells are cells in your body that attack things that are spreading, things that are going, uh, you know, uh, the wrong way. And it takes some other cells to activate the T-cells. So I believe in more T-cells, they're killer cells. They attack uh, tumorous cells. They attack bacterial and viral cells in your body. I already believe the Lord is activating through these other cells, the killer T-cells in my body, the cytotoxic T-cells. But also there's a cells that come from God. Now, if you want to look at cancer cells, you can say, uh, you know, they're A-cells, they're abnormal cells. They're D-cells, they're disease cells. No, they're R-cells. They are R-cells. They're rogue, rebellious cells that seek to rule. But I believe in I-cells, which is immune cells, praise God. I believe in the T-cells, the killer cells. I believe, but more than that, I believe in P-cells, power cells, and V-cells, virtue cells. Virtue went out of Jesus into the woman's body, amen. Virtue cells went out of him. The word virtue there means a, a flow of miraculous power. Virtue went out of Jesus into the woman's body. I believe virtue cells are coming more and more into my system. I believe P cells are coming into my system. The Bible says in Acts 10 that Jesus, God, was anointed by God, uh, by the Holy Spirit. He went about doing good, healing all that were what? Oppressed by the devil. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Now let me read just a couple of other verses here. I don't have much more time. Um, uh, let's, let's turn and read in uh, Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. Give me just a moment to get over there. And the Lord gave me this passage of scripture Joshua chapter 4 I'm sorry Joshua chapter 5 verses 13 through 15 and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand in his hand, there's the word hand again. The hand of the Lord. The sword was drawn in his hand. I'm blowing here. And it says, and Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. I just feel like I ought to fall a minute in worship. Hallelujah, Jesus. Captain of the host, I worship you. Captain of the host, I worship you. And he said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose your shoe from off of your foot, for the place whereon you stand is, is holy. 
I think I'll just do that while I'm at it. How about that? Amen. Praise the Lord. He didn't say, answer Joshua's question about he, who he was for. He said, I'm the captain of the Lord's host. I'm the captain. I'm running this ship. I'm running this battle. I, I'll just have you, you do what I tell you to do. You just follow me. You follow my God and say, let me, you know, fight the battle and, and do what I say. If you take your life out of my hand, your hands and put it in my hands, you take responsibility away for yourself being responsible for controlling this. I'm not, I look to the doctors, but I, I have some options here. I have to pursue God and seek the options, not just according to what my doctor says, because I have to seek a higher physician. I have to seek that. I know we should always take counsel and listen to doctors, but if there are other options, I have to seek the great physician first. I have to seek him. And the Lord said in one place, he said, he said, uh, Concerning the works of my hands, command thou me over in Isaiah. How can we co expect to command the Lord? We would never be so, you know, arrogant as to seek to command the Lord, but yet he says, do it. So what does he mean? If I'm a policeman standing out at the highway and I'm telling somebody to stop and I give them a command, I am giving forth the command of my higher authorities. And that, that's what the higher authorities want me to do. They want me to give their command to execute the law as they have given it to me. So God expects us as, as we are following him to execute his commands. Uh, it's not arrogant to command the Lord to do the things. It's, it's not the commanding and taking authority over God. It's commanding his legal authority and executing his legal authority. And he said, command deliverances for Jacob. And so I command uh, uh, the, the violent take it by force. We have to stand up. We have to take it. And last of all, when Jesus was healing the people, and someone might wonder if Isaiah 53, that far ahead, that many years ahead of time, how it could apply to people prophetically what he said before Jesus, long before he's ever born. He said, he bore our sicknesses and carried our infirmities. How could that be? Did that really apply to Jesus? And yet in Matthew 8, where they were bringing the people, and the Bible clearly says the gospel of the kingdom. He told them to preach in two or three places. Go forth and preach the gospel of the kingdom. Cast out devils and heal the sick. It's not the gospel of the kingdom if we don't believe in casting out devils and healing the sick. And so when they brought him to Jesus, and he was laying hands on them and healing them, it says he, that it might be what? That it might be fulfilled. That means filled up. That the prophecy might be fulfilled. That was spoken by the prophet. He himself bare our infirmities and carried. He, he bare them. He took them. He took them on himself. And you can't fulfill the prophecy unless you believe for the Lord to heal the sick in your life. You have to believe uh, that is the fulfilling of the prophecy of Jesus that it might be fulfilled that was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Well, praise the Lord. That's all I have time for today. God bless you. I know, uh, I, I know that you're, I'm in your prayers. Glory to God. Bless you. 
and thank you so much. God bless.